Welcome to Playmakers. I'm Haley Elwood. Where joining me today is Dr. Jen Welter. Jen is the first female coach in the NFL, and currently she is committed to increasing access and opportunities in the game of football. She also has a really cool partnership with the Hall of Fame Village, which we will get to later. Jen, thanks for coming on. How are you? Absolutely. It's great to join you today. I am actually just up the road in LA. I moved here in March. So when the world is not weird, hopefully we'll be able to, you know, do, do this in person. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you for doing it virtually at least. Hey, that's the magic of zoom in 2020. I had Laura Oakman on last week and she made a joke. Is anyone having a better 2020 than zoom this year? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Maybe Amazon. Amazon and zoom are having like a best buddies party. That's true. Is what it is. Yep, yeah. Yep. So getting to you, you broke barriers. You kicked glass, as you like to say, as the first female coach in the NFL back in 2015 with the Arizona Cardinals. What did accomplishing that mean to you? You know, to me, um, it meant giving permission to every girl and woman um, who had loved football to be able to see herself in the game. Um It was, you know, it was so interesting. I tell people all the time and who knows if I would have done it the same thing, but you know, they launch it at this NFL press conference and everybody's asking me all these questions and I'm like, right. The closest I'd been to an NFL sidelines before that was like the nosebleed section. Right. And they're all like, Oh my gosh, you know, coach, you're living the dream. And I was just like, no, yeah, that's not a dream I was permitted to have, but what is so beautiful about this is that now every little girl can look at the sidelines and have that dream and hopefully it will spark something. Um, and she will follow it just like seeing you on the sidelines does and seeing so many different things. It's like, it's so important to be able to visualize it because that's where, you know, we really change things because that little girl gets to start earlier. She gets to study harder for longer and do all of the things that a boy would do with that same dream. Mm -hmm. Representation matters. Seeing it matters. And for you, you mentioned the press conference. Were you aware of the magnitude in the moment though? You know, I, yes and no, right? Like it, it felt so big. Right. Because I mean, you know, there's there's standing room only like an NFL press conference and, you know, women in football. I mean, I played for the U.S. national team and no one even we existed. So to see that it was like, oh, my goodness. And yet I think what helped with the magnitude is that, you know, it wasn't um, it was a natural evolution right? It wasn't like the Cardinals set out and said, we're going to hire a woman because of this. It was like, you know, here's somebody in the game who really loves the game the same way. And we're doing the right thing. And I think that's why some of the things I said really resonated with people and then had, um, I always like to say like ripple effects to continue to open hearts, open mind, open conversations, um, and then open doors because it, it did feel big, but to see all all of the things that have happened, um, from then until now, I, I, I definitely couldn't have seen all of that. 
Well, and we're going to talk about one of those ripple effects right now. Week three of the 2020 season saw the Cleveland Browns and the Washington football team meeting. That game featured two female assistant coaches on for both teams on the sidelines for the same time. Sarah Thomas actually also was an official in that game. What was it like seeing something like that happen? Well, you know, seeing Sarah, first of all, is yeah. is a, a huge thing for me because when she got hired, right, it was her hiring that prompted a reporter like you to ask when you would ever see a female coach in the NFL. And Bruce's answer was the second a woman proves she can, you know, make these guys better, she'll be hired. So Sarah is a dear friend to this day. And we laugh and say our, our destinies have been connected um, and will be throughout time, right? Because the day when we shook hands on the sidelines, that was something so normal, right? Coaches and refs, you know, shake hands a, a, a bunches of Every times game. on NFL Sunday. And yet that was the first time in the history of the game that that handshake was two women, right? Yeah. And that, you know... Um, her flag and hat and my shirt then were taken to Canton, right? And that was a first for even the women there, right? So everything with Sarah always feels like, oh, that's my girl. Like even seeing her last night on Sunday night football with her ponytail out. Yeah. When she was first doing it, her ponytail was always tucked in. I'm like, yeah, let me see that blonde ponytail popping. (laughs) Let's go Sarah, right? And so it's always like that with her. But what a lot of people don't know is that it was a family affair as I watched it for all of those women, because in a way it is, but like Callie Brunson and I played together on Team USA, right? We've won gold together. We played against each other in women's football, but we've won gold medals together. Jennifer King and I were together in the Alliance of American Football. And so it was like, it's like you see that and and it's like a family reunion. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, I just want to hug all of you and I'm so proud. Right. And and that's hopefully what is being seeded now is that um moments will continue to happen and we'll have that network and that shared story um that won't always be firsts although we love them and we celebrate them because otherwise there isn't an opportunity for a second, right? But that we will have many more, um, you know, football family moments, just like the guys do. So Jen, you referenced so many things there. One of them, you mentioned Bruce, Bruce Arians, who is obviously the coach of the Cardinals when you were hired. We talk a lot in this business with women about finding strength within ourselves, within our own gender, but make no mistake, this is still a very male-dominated industry. So what can you say about men like Bruce who are really advocates for women and the progression of moving women forward? Well, you know, I, it's so interesting. Like the advancement of women is, is, it shouldn't be like, we want women and no men, right? Yeah. Like when we do it, it's, it's men and women learning that we're better together, yep. right? That, you know, if, if you look at a coaching staff, for example, that like, you know, different communication styles are an advantage, not a disadvantage yep. and different players might relate better. So we want men and women to get more comfortable um, working together and to learn how to be great allies for each other. 
Right. And, and that's what it's about. You know, people would ask me about it and they're, you know, I always say like, I was like, I'm a woman for women, but make no mistake. Like I'm also a big advocate for an ally of men because my biggest breaks came from men. Not that women wouldn't have done it, but at that time they couldn't because there were no women there. Right. Like, and, and I've had, I say like great NFL big brothers along the way. Um, and so we want to just get better at being together and making it not alien to think that we can work really well together and that it's actually a strategic advantage at all levels, right? Diversity is without a doubt a strength. Mm-hmm. And we want to find a way to have all of those diverse talents and um, vantage points in the room and in, in the conversation. Another thing you mentioned was you won't always want to celebrate the first because we want to just make this kind of normal. I remember I had a conversation with Sam Rappaport about that. We want to just get to a point where we don't have to cite that the first woman to do X, Y, and Z is the first. But with that being said, there still are things to celebrate. And one of them is as of right now, the NFL has eight full-time female coaches. There are nine female athletic trainers. We're super stoked at the Chargers because we have one of them in Allison Minor. But it's only been five years since right. you came into the league. What is it like to see that progression in really five years, kind of a short amount of time? It is. It, it's a short amount of time. And it is it is really important, I think, to honor and acknowledge both, right? That a first is significant because it signifies change. And I always tell people the opportunity and the responsibility of being the first is to ensure you're not the last, right? And so, yes, we want to say that this is amazing. This person broke this barrier and look at what continues to happen and look how much progress has been made and that it's no longer off limits, right? Like, you know, people talk about the four minute mile and I use that example a lot. It was impossible, unheard of, can't do it. Humans are not made to run that fast until they were, right? It was impossible until the moment it became not impossible. And then people can say, okay, well, I could do that too. Or why wouldn't I do that? And wow, they did that there and it was successful. I need to look at my team my life, my work, and see where I can make change too. We don't want to pretend like it didn't happen because that also, you know, doesn't celebrate those people who sacrificed to do things, right? right? It should be acknowledged that Bruce Arians and the Cardinals made that historic move. It should be, you know, acknowledged that, um, you know, there was a first and that that's why the door was opened and you don't just stop there, right? You, you want to continue to always celebrate. I mean, you look at it, there's always a history to every game, right? So we celebrate the history of the game. We honor those breakthroughs, those moments, just like, you know, breaking a touchdown record or this, that, and the other, right. And the people who do them. And then we always look for ways to, to progress. So you founded Gridiron Girls in 2018. For those who may not know about the camps, how would you describe them? 
confidence through football and teaching girls there is no game they cannot play and no field they do not belong in or on. Um, when I founded it, I was really surprised that there wasn't yet a national movement to get girls going. There were some great programs like, you know, the New York Sharks had done one and Florida, my home state had like varsity high school girls football. But by and large, the girls who were playing football were the exception. They didn't have a place where they got to rule. And what I wanted to do was take that stigma away um, and give them great coaching um, so that they could step into any situation, right? And the pushback I got from so many people was, well, girls don't want to play football. And I'm like, let me correct you on something, first of all. Girls have never had the opportunity to decide that they wanted to play and to play on their terms and not feel like they were an outsider. Mm -hmm. So we do the camps to give them great football experience and a great foundation that then they can decide, right? If it just gave you the tools to know how to throw your diamonds up and know you're worth it and you're worth great coaching and you can do the work and to play street ball, perfect. If you decide that was fun, but this isn't my game, also perfect. And then you just might have some of those girls, and we do, who go on to play tackle, who go on to play flag, both on girls teams and co-ed. And then we've also had some girls that went on to play like, you know, women's tackle football. So um, you just really want to give them the confidence, show them how good they can be and level the playing field so that they're not going into any co-ed situations where, you know, maybe they don't catch a ball right. And then the assumption is, oh, she can't catch because she's a girl. That doesn't exist. It's actually called you've been coached or you haven't. And let's go ahead and give you, give you what you need to level the playing field. I love that you mentioned, or you kind of make that analogy of just giving them the opportunity to learn, because when you say it like that, it's kind of so obvious. It's like soccer or really any other sport that you might just do it for a period of time and be like, oh, that was a fun experience. And I learned about team bonding and camaraderie, but I'm not going to go on from there. Or like you referenced, girls do move on. How cool is it, though, to see them get so excited about the game? It's always delightful, right? You know, you see that girl who comes in and she's like, I don't know, right? Like you can kind of see like, oh, you know, I had a a little girl. She was, um, I think she was six and she was at a camp and it was, you know, we'd been doing a little bit, but we were just getting started. And she was like, Coach Jen, I feel like I just learned a secret. And I was like, what's that? And she goes, girls can play football. (laughs) And I was like, yes, baby. But like, there is something special about this game that's known as the final frontier for women in sports to be able to go out there and see like, oh, I can catch a pass, right? And I can throw it and I can snap it and I can do these things and go have fun and teach them like what a football play is. Most of them don't know, Mm -hmm. right? And you know, you just watch their confidence go up exponentially, right? In that day, which is the goal. I tell everybody, I'm like, they're not going to remember everything about football. Shoot, I'm still learning. We're all still learning, right? Right. Um, they're not even going to remember everything that we teach them today, but they will always remember the way we make them feel. And they will carry that not only onto every football field they step onto, but onto every field. And, you know, I have girls like one of them, it was like the coolest 
this full circle moment, like, and I always post her stuff. Her name's Kaylee. She came to one of my first camps and, um, the other day. So I just did that campaign with Lay's where they have like, you know, my smile on the bags and her and her girls team played in a tournament and they won and they all took the bags with like my sneer on it and their championship rings and like held them up. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Like this, this is what I want them to see. I want them to rock their championship rings. I want them to have a snarl in on their face and know that football can be their place. Just like it can be anybody else's. That is really cool. That's a, as you said, a super cool full circle moment as well. So recently you partnered with the hall of fame village in Canton to help cultivate the next generation of female athletes. How excited are you for this partnership? You know, I, uh, this is like when I said the ripple effect, some of the things that's happened, I couldn't have even envisioned. Yeah. No, I had never even been to Canton, Ohio when I was, you know, with the Cardinals. And then the first time I met, I was coaching a camp there. One of my buddies was like, you need Jen. And I was like, great. So I'm there. And I get to the Hall of Fame and, you know, they had put my shirt in there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd never seen it in person. So they take me to go see it. And the girl who took me, her name was Rachel. And she was an archivist, right? And she tells me the story of how much that shirt and, you know, Sarah's hat and whistle meant to all the ladies of the Hall of Fame. They When they saw a box from the Cardinals, they knew. Yeah, They're like, what was in there? Touch it, get the gloves, da-da-da. And so... When she got my shirt, which is just a plain white shirt, right? It's a, you know, a collared coach's shirt with a Cardinal logo on it. She had to wait to put it up because they had to order a female bust because they didn't have anything. And I was like, probably a junior one, right? Because, you know, I'm only five, two. Same. Even if they did have a female one in there, right? Like, you know, even if they had a young boys one, it probably would have worked, but yeah. You know, they had like, you know, what fits a jersey. And she's like, we didn't even have a way to display it. So I got to go and order, you know, a a female bust with a woman's, you know, like a woman's cut. And she was thrilled. And I just remember seeing it like, wow, isn't it ironic that like the start for women in football in Canton is a plain white t-shirt, right? Maybe one day there will be gold jackets in a woman's cut as well. You know, I've been kind of like in their ear forever. And like, you know, I was on an advisory board there and we just kept talking about all of the things that football represents and how important it is going um, to the next generation that girls coming into the hall don't feel like I just saw a place where I can't be. And so we are going to Gridiron Girls' new home base is at the Hall of Fame. So we have a home um, and we'll still obviously travel to do camps from there. And then we're committed to, you know, obviously that program, other programming and creating, you know, stories as well and sharing the stories of important women who have been figures, you know, in the game of football to make sure that the full story is told and that girls know that they have a place in this game, both on the field, in the front office, on the sidelines, 
any place they want to be, um, they can see themselves represented. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, what does it say about the progress that's been made? That bus story is just incredible when, when you hear it. But to be made at a place like the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the hub, in the sense that they're now doing things to make the game more inclusive in all terms, in all levels for women in this game. It's, it's, it, it doesn't feel like it, it should be happening now, right? Like it almost feels like, wait, this is a new thing, yeah. right? Like, you know, I mean, you look at it um, in a game that has such a long legacy in our country, right? It's America's game. And yet yeah. I always said like, how can it be America's game when it was only for half, right? And a half at best, right? It starts at half and then obviously goes down. And so to know that we're really starting the process to ensure that women get honored, right? Not just uh, allowed in, again, like as an exception, but showing that you belong and that we're going to celebrate you. That ensures that the next generation and the generation after that won't see themselves as wrong. They'll see that, that they're right and right along there with the strong shoulders that you know, have lifted up this game so that they would have opportunities. I love that. That is such a great note to end on. Jen, thank you so much for joining me. I look forward, we all look forward to what's to come in Canton with this partnership. Thank you so much for everything that you've done for the game. We look forward to, to these next steps as well. We really appreciate it. You got it.